<clears throat> Hallelujah. Blessed be God forevermore. First off, I just want to say thank you for the baby shower you guys did yesterday. Um, that was truly amazing. Um, it is very rare that, you know, my socks are blown off. I don't, I don't you know, I don't impress easily. <laughs> so, but I was floored yesterday. The design, the... The work, the food, everything was just absolute excellence. Um, it, it made me feel like I got to step up my game. So, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I'm like, hey, whew. So thank you guys from the bottom of our hearts. We really appreciate it. And so uh, if you would, let's, let's go down a different road. <laughs> Let's go to Proton. <laughs> um, Let's go to Isaiah 14, verse 12. And then turn to Proton. <laughs> Isaiah 14, 12. It's funny because... Um, we actually kind of arrived late today because for the last, I don't know, two hours prior to getting here, the Lord's just been just working me. And um, I had been, the things that we've been talking about, um, I saw some of my notes from, I think it was back in February of last year, um, the Lord has been dropping all that we just went through for the last six, seven weeks, I think it was. It must be a book. I'm thinking it's probably going to be a book. Um, yeah. No, 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 you ain't writing it, so be quiet. <laughs> you ain't coming to edit, you ain't coming to, be quiet. <laughs> These books ain't no joke. <laughs> it took a lot of effort and energy. Um, so... Just teasing y'all. So, but no, I mean, I've never laid it all out successively like that. But I noticed there was bits and pieces. And the Lord was dealing with me about that almost all year. And so, but I didn't realize that until this morning. I just knew there was something he was working on me, but I didn't realize for how long that he had been dealing with me about uh, you know, getting in position for the things that we need to be in position for. <clears throat> um, so we're going to definitely, we're taking a different uh, direction today, but I think you'll see why this is, now this part is important uh, for you. And one of the things that happens, I have noticed in the world, is the constant pressure for the world to remove God from the equation. In other words, there is a worldly worldview, and then there's a biblical worldview. 
And there is a concerted effort consistently to remove a biblical worldview and to insert a worldly one. There's a constant battle. And you see, when people say things like, well, there's a shadow government and there's some kind of secret cabal. And, you know, you have those that run around with tinfoil hats on and everything is a conspiracy. Then you have those who refuse to accept or believe that even conspiracies are possible until the conspiracy theorist is now proven. And, and so people say things like there's a shadow government or there's a shadow system or, you know, and, and here's the problem. If you are one of those who have declared that that is conspiracy and it's not true, you're wrong. And I'm going to prove it to you. I'm going to prove it absolutely beyond a shadow of a doubt that you're absolutely incorrect. Because there is a shadow government in operation. There is a system. There are two systems in this world. And if you don't understand the difference between these two systems, you will constantly fall in the wrong one. So I'll give you another example. When people, you know, you ask somebody, hey, are you, a, you know, you're a Christian? And they'll say, I'm spiritual. <laughs> now, can I help you with something? I need to know which one. You just saying I'm a spiritual person is not enough to give me the definition of what you believe because demons are spiritual too. Are y'all with me? And so there's nothing worse than waking up next to a demon. And more importantly, not even knowing. Somebody want to talk to me here? I'm going to quit messing with y'all. Let's go back to Isaiah. Because I can see y'all just, y'all not ready. You better get ready because all from the bedroom's coming. <clears throat> How art thou fallen from, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thy heart, and these are the five I wills. I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds and I will be like the most high God. This is Satan and his petition or statements against God. Go, go back to verse 12. Uh, 13, I'm sorry. Where did he say this? So he said this in his heart. And so this is not a per se confrontational situation with God. He didn't like kick open the door to God's office, walk in his office and say, this is what I'm fitting to do. 
He said, these things were in your heart. And he said, because you aspired to, you are desiring to take a position that is not yours. It doesn't belong to you. You have no rights to it. You were created by a creator. And the creation never has the right to position itself greater than the creator. So in other words, when I have conversations with my child, I have to let her know, I brought you into this world. Therefore, I could take you out of this world. And then I could make another one that looks just like you. So never miss the fact that you are the creation, not the creator. So in other words, you ain't the boss of me. Well, why does daddy get, get two sour patches and only get one? It's the natural order of things. That ain't fair, it's favor. <laughs> so you see this, this, this internal dialogue by which God knows everything. And he is dealing, Satan is dealing with unchecked desires. So let's go to Luke 10. Luke 10, verse 17. Let's go to 16. Uh, let's go to 15. Keep going. One more. Good Lord. I'm trying to go for the sake of time. Let's go to 13. It's just all good. Okay. Woe unto the Chorazin, woe unto the Bethsaida. For it, if the mighty works had been done in Tyre and Sidon, which have been done in you, they had a great while ago, or they had a great while ago repented, sitting in sackcloth and ashes. In other words, these miracles that are being done, if they had been done in some of these cities, in some of these places, they would have repented a long time ago. They'd have got it together. And then he says, keep going. But it shall be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon at the judgment than for you. And thou, Capernaum, which art exalted to heaven, shall be thrust down to hell. He that heareth you he that despiseth you, and he that despiseth me, watch this discussion. He's saying, my problem with y'all is I've presented myself to you, and you're rejecting me because you don't understand the season and the hour in which you're in. He said, if I had showed up in some of these most evil places and done the things that you have watched, 
they would have repented. You're seeing it and you won't repent. He said, therefore, you might have been destined for heaven, but you will have thrust yourself. Watch. Because if you heard the ones I sent, then you heard me. If you heard me, you heard the one who sent me. Okay. And the 70 returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even are through thy, are they subject to the disciples? They're subject to his name. So the only way that demons could be subject, meaning submitted, meaning under control, is they would have to be submitted to Christ. And you would have to invoke his name, Anomo, which is character, rank, and authority, in order for that to work. Right? Okay. He said unto them, now listen to his response. He's telling them all these miracles, people would miss it. You end up in hell because you're not seeing what's really going on. He sent the disciples out. They returned with joy. They're excited saying, oh my gosh, even these demons are subject to us in your name. Now that you have given us your name, demons that used to harass us, demons that we used to have to wrestle and fight and come against and get our butts handed to us all the time. He said, now uh, we have noticed there's a difference because you gave us your name. We're excited because they're subject unto us through you. He said unto them, I beheld as fall. He said, I was there when he fell. He said, I witnessed it with my own eyes. Where was that? When he said, I will exalt. I will. I will. I will take my position in the sides of the north. I will do. And God said, no, you won't. And like, you know how fast lightning moves? Google it. How fast is lightning? Two hundred and seventy thousand miles per hour. Two hundred seventy thousand. Man, I, I wouldn't mind. They got a car like that. <laughs> it would get to the moon in what? Fifty-five minutes. It would get to the moon in less than an hour. I want you to understand the moment that Satan got it in his head 
that he was going to try to organize a mutiny. Satan said, the reason why, listen to me, that he has to be subjected to you in my name, because I was there when he was dethroned of his position and his rights and privileges. I was there at that moment when it happened. So let's go to um, Job uh, chapter 1, verse 6. Job chapter 1, verse 6. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And... And the Lord said unto Satan, what are you doing here? <clears throat> you don't have no right to be here unless you have a legitimate place. So what do you want? Satan answered the Lord and said, I've been going to and fro in the earth and from walking up and down in it. And the Lord unto Satan said, or Lord said unto Satan, have you considered my servant Job? He didn't offer, that's not offering Job up. Right. That's, right. that's, I knew in your heart which your I will statements. And so you're standing here before me again, and I want to know why you're here. Your answer is, I'm running around the earth looking for stuff, because I can't rest. See, <clears throat> you ever hear somebody say, sometimes the punishment of death is too easy for people? Some people ought to just be tortured. You ought to have to stay in prison for a long time and be tortured and go through it because of what you've done. You've heard people say stuff like that. So the question always is, why didn't God destroy Satan? Well, I don't know about you, but destroying would be too easy. He put Satan down here to run up and down in it. For until he's tossed into the lake of can you imagine living thousands and thousands and thousands of years defeated busted, broke angry thousands and thousands and thousands to then think you were going to stop the, the people of God to find out they won. No, I, I, I say this because what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to enlighten your thinking so that you would understand the totality of what is occurring. So, he said, there's none like him in the earth, a perfect and upright man, one that feareth God and... So, so now... For the sake of time, Satan starts bringing accusation against Job. God knew that's what he was there for. And Satan, true to form, becomes the accuser of the brethren. In order, what you are watching here is a, probably the first episode of Law and Order. You are watching a courtroom drama play out 
right in front of your face. The angels have shown up and talked about how great Job is. God is already aware they're in his presence. The angels of God are there. And then here comes Satan, Mr. Public Defender. <clears throat> the angels up there in their Brioni suits. Satan's up there with his glasses with the tape in the middle. <laughs> Talking about, Your Honor, you don't understand. Job's a bad, bad man. And if you took your hands off of Job, he'd curse you to your face, Your Honor. You're literally watching a courtroom drama. And here's Satan railing accusation against the people of God on the planet of God. I'm saying it a certain way for a reason. Because the only way he can find any level of solace in his pain misery so look at Revelation 12 Revelation 12 uh, verse 11 Revelation 12 verse 11 and they overcame who, who's him by the who's the lamb and by the word, testimony. And they love not their lives unto death. Therefore, rejoice ye heavens, ye that woe unto the inhabitants of the earth and, uh, and of the sea, for has to you having, because he knoweth, Verse 13, and when the dragon saw that he was unto the earth like lightning, he persecuted the woman which brought forth the man child. Now watch this. And to the woman were given two wings of a great eagle that she may fly into the wilderness into where she is for a time and times and half a time from keep going and the serpent cast out of his mouth water as a flood after the woman that he might cause her to be carried away of the flood and the earth helped and the earth opened and swallowed up the flood which the dragon Keep going. The dragon was wroth with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her which keep and have. Let's go back to verse 12, uh, 11. Uh, let's hang on. Let's come right back to that. Psalms 91.1. 1. 
He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High, he that in the of the shall let's go back Revelation 11 or was it 12 11 20 was it 12 11 please he says they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and, and how by the word of their and they love not their lives <clears throat> unto death. How do they overcome? The blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Then it says, <clears throat> Therefore rejoice and the ye that dwell. One translation says, Ye who tabernacle in the heavens. Now, there's a challenge with this because as you begin to read and study and understand Revelation, you'll begin to see there's some things that are being said here that are not surface. So let's read it, and I'm going to make some substitutions word-wise that are going to help you to further understand what's being said. Therefore rejoice ye heavens and those that tabernacle in heaven. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea. For the devil has come down unto you having great wrath. Because he knows he hath but a short time. And when the dragon saw that he was cast like lightning... Unto the earth, he persecuted the woman which brought forth the man, child, Jesus. Amen. Right? And to the church were given two wings of a great eagle that the church might fly into the wilderness, into its place where she, as the bride of Christ is nourished for a time and times and a half a time from the face of a serpent, of Satan. Keep going. And Satan cast out of his mouth water as a flood after the woman, after the church, that he might cause the church to be carried away of the flood. Keep going. And the earth helped the church. And the earth opened its mouth and swallowed up the flood which Satan had cast out of his mouth. And Satan was wroth with the church and went to make war with the remnant of her seed. Which and have they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. And he said, Satan, who has been cast down, was so angry 
his wrath against the people of God, against the church of God, against the family of God. Now, I want you to understand something. Nowhere does he say there's any wrath from the church to Satan. All it says is Satan is angry with you. Now, you don't have to be at war with him. He's at war with you. It's a one-sided fight because you already won. It is already done. It's already finished. He said you overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony. So why would you wrestle and travail against an enemy who's mad at you? They hate us because they ain't us. And I refuse to allow your hate to embroil me in a battle that doesn't belong. He said... He went to make war with the remnant of her seed. In other words, he couldn't stop Jesus. He tried. He thought he had. He was like, do you understand that all deception has to start with someone being Deceived. Let's go back to verse 11. So he says, they, who's they? <clears throat> the church. Which, yes, is us. Say me. Because I want you to make it personal. So say me again. Say, I overcame him. By the blood of Christ. And the words that come out of my mouth. And it says, and they love not their lives. I don't love my life. I don't love my life more than God. So in other words, he said, I didn't love my life unto death. Because if I value these temporal things, then it all leads to... Now watch this. Therefore rejoice ye heavens... And ye, what's the difference between saying ye heavens and those that dwell in the heavens? Why would I have to say both? If I say, hey, everybody in the car rejoice, then why would I need to say that? Oh, also, and everybody's in the car. If I looked at y'all in here and I said, okay, everybody here rejoice. And then everybody who's in here rejoice. Unless people can be somewhere that they may not physically be. Go to, um, keep your finger here. We're coming back. Go to Ephesians 1. So one of the problems that occurs is that there is an ideology within the church that people have become very militarized. Uh, Ephesians 1.3. They become very militarized. And they almost get to a point where they think they're warring against Satan. And they use it not in the spiritual sense, 
but they contextualize it as if there is a bunch of tanks lined up and missiles and bombers and all kinds of things going on that they are required to do in order to thwart the attempts of the enemy in their life. This is particularly problematic for intelligent people, especially people who are in science, medical. They have a real hard time with spiritual things. Everything to them has a natural thing behind it. If someone is sick, we just need more medicine. We need a better doctor. We need, it's the way they think. It's, it's not that God's mad with them. They just have been trained a certain way. And they have learned that in their minds, this is the only solution. I was in a class one time in Bible college. And uh, one of the first things I learned about Bible college is in order to get good grades, you've got to answer the questions the way they want them answered. But I also learned that I refuse to adopt belief systems that are not biblical. So in this class, this teacher said, if a person is struggling with, uh, let's just say a mental illness, that the only solution is medicine. That's what they said. So all the hairs on the back of my neck stood up. Because I'm like, that is not the only solution. That might truly be a solution. But to discount God's ability and say that he is limited based on what you believe it to be is a problem for me. That's not theology. That's history. And by history, I mean your story. Not his story, yours. Because, well, I had people in my family, and this happened, and that happened, and so-and-so died, and so now, you know, so-and-so died of cancer, so now I, I start seeing traces of these things in my family, and now the word of my testimony begins to change from what God has said to what I've experienced or seen, because I'm going to keep saying what I saw and not what I know. I was trained a certain way. I was taught I understand how blood works, and I understand how science works, and I understand how medicine works, and I understand how these diseases work, and I understand all these things because I've been trained. And now the word of your testimony is based on your training and not based on... Now watch what happens. Blessed be the God and Father of our who hath with where? <clears throat> now here's my struggle. What does that matter to me? If he blessed us with how many? And then where did he put it? I thought he put Christ in heavenly places. Let's, let's look at Ephesians 2.6. Let's turn a page. And hath and hang on. God's in and he blessed us in 
But the heavenly places he blessed us in is in Christ. So you hear, you hear people say things like this, right? Someone dies. And they'll say, I guess God needed him more. For what? I'm sorry, for what reason? I, I, I guess they got their wings. Where would you see that in the Bible? To say they got their wings means you have equated them to angels. And now when the Bible says, what is it about man? God, somebody. I am doing everything I can to stay here with you. He said, what is it about man? The angels asked, what is it about man that you value them so much? So then to make me the level of an angel means you just brought me down and placed me in a position that I was not supposed to be in. So he says, so I appreciate it. Y'all pushing me. I appreciate it. It helps. It really does. He says, and raised us up together and made us. Not asked you. Didn't put in an email request. We didn't put in no support ticket. This says, hey, would you like to be seated? He said, he's made you sit in heavenly places. To understand the book of Ephesians, the book of Ephesians is considered to be the blueprint of Christian maturity. There are three subject matters in the book of Ephesians. If you have not read the entire book of Ephesians, I'm telling you, you should. The three subjects are sit, walk, stand. Sit, walk, and stand. Sitting is your position as to where you are. Remember when Jesus said, never sit at the head table? Go sit in the back and let people bring you up to the head table? He said, otherwise you'll get, you'll get embarrassed when you sit in somewhere you ain't supposed to and they got to ask you to go to the back. Right? Because you would have an overinflated value of yourself. Because you're sitting in the wrong. Okay. Walking, remember the Bible says, help me to walk worthy of the vocation wherewith I am called. In other words, walking means how do I live my life? How do I behave? That's my walk, right? And then stand, stand is not a position of aggression. Standing is a position of defense. When I was a kid, we used to play king of the hill. And so we'd have, you know, a pile, and someone would be stand up, I'm the king of the hill, and everybody would have to try to push them off. And you're, you're defending them from your superior position, trying to keep people from knocking you off the hill. And whoever pulled you off the hill now becomes... <clears throat> so then to stand means to hold position that I already have. Okay. I cannot believe we're 40 minutes in and I can't get off the first page. We're going to get there. I got nine pages, y'all. You got to help me. 
So, so watch what happens here. He says, you have been raised. That you, no, where are you going? Go back. Stay where. I'm going over by a minute because we lost one messing with them. <laughs> Hath raised us up and made us where? In? Okay. So then go back, Ephesians, or Ephesians 1, what was it? Uh, 3. Blessed be God the Father, God and Father of our Lord Jesus. Jesus said, whoever rejects you is rejecting me. Whoever rejects me, it rejects the one I, that sent me. Blessed be God and Father of our Lord, Jesus who hath, us. who's us? Amen. Say me. Amen. With All where? In, heavenly places. in? So then the question is, if he has blessed me in all, with all spiritual blessings, but he blessed me in heaven, that would kind of make sense why people say things like, I guess God needed them more. So now the response to that is always, they're struggling here on earth. So we need to give them their wings to be liberated into the peace of heaven. We're all spiritual blessings. Don't even sound right, do it. <clears throat> but yet that's what most people think. And so when they think that, then they place all blessings in heaven. But the problem I have is he didn't put heaven into Christ. He put Christ into heaven. Or did he? Or did he put you into Christ and then put Christ? So then, where am I seated? Now? Or when I die? So if I'm seated in heavenly places, but I'm sitting here, then now Revelation 12, 11, or 12, 12. <clears throat> Therefore rejoice, ye heavens, <clears throat> and ye, because he that dwelleth in a secret place of the most, put it up, 90, Psalm, uh, Psalm 91.1, because you got to get it. Can't go no further until you get it. <clears throat> he that dwelleth of the Most High is dead. Verse 2. I will say of the Lord in go back to verse 1. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High has got to be dead to be in the, most, in the place of the Most High. He shall abide under the shadow. Keep going. 
I will say of the Lord, He is my, my, my God. In Him will I, verse 3, surely. What snare is in heaven? What fowler who's been kicked down, where is the fowler? And from the noisome, keep going, he shall with his feathers, and under thou shalt his truth. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand and ten thousand, but it shall not stop. Stop right there. So, he said, can we, can we go back to verse 1? He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And the Revelation says, rejoice ye heavens and those that dwell in it. And then he talks about how the church overcame. And then he says, the Satan is on a war path. He's attacking you. He's declared war against you. You have not declared war against him. So then, why do people so militarize their interactions with Satan when he already lost? Just because he waged war against you. So then, if dwelling in a secret place is not a relation to dying, because there's no pestilence in heaven, there's no fowler in heaven. Then to dwell in a secret place means I have to tabernacle yes. with God. Yes. And <clears throat> there's a huge debate as Paul, the Bible says Paul was the tent maker. And there is a huge debate as to what a tent maker is. And it's, it's equally prolific on most, both sides of the camp in terms of everyone saying that a tent maker on one side is just a tent. You know, something you live under in the wild. And then there's the other side which says that the tent is the tent of meeting or the congregational uh, shawl that was used in biblical times where people would cover themselves with a prayer shawl. And what they would do in covering themselves with either a uh, large prayer shawl, which would literally cover their whole body. And on those prayer shawls, there would have tassels at the bottom. And all of the tassels were always white, except for one. One of them was blue and white. And the blue thread interlaced in it was a sign of the covenant. And as a sign of representation of the covenant, when they would have, because you have to understand there's millions of people out there. 
There ain't a tent big enough to hold them all. So when they would tabernacle with God, they would build the tent around themselves so that all they could focus on when they prayed. And it became their tent to tabernacle with God. And he says, if you remember the one with the issue of blood, she comes in a press behind Jesus and she touches, the Bible says, the hem of his garment. Now, it is not known for sure that it was a prayer shawl like this or whether it was just a one-piece tunic, a large one of these, large enough to wrap you so that it became a garment with no seams. (laughs) What is absolutely sure is that this tassel was always around the bottom. And so when she came in and when she touched the hem of his garment, when she pulled on the what she was touching and pulling on was not on him. It was on the covenant that she knew that her God had given her. And when she pulled on the covenant, she understood that I am trying to dwell in the secret place of the Most High. Because those that will dwell, those that will pray, those that will believe God, those that will get after God. He said, those people, you will never lose. Ever lose. Because you are chasing after God. And because you're chasing after God, he said, the people who dwell in the heavens, you're there too. And now the place where Satan tried, he tried to get into, I will exalt myself to the sides of the north. Satan said, God said, you will never be able to function up here. Because this is my place. This is my house. And everybody who trusts and believes in me, they dwell in the secret place of the Most High God. And no arrow that flies by day shall come. No arrow will affect my home. No pestilence shall come against my house. Why? I was made to sit in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. I am with him. I ain't wrestling. I am not warring. I win. Now, will he try? Of course he will. And that's where the wrestling comes. The wrestling isn't to try to overcome him. The wrestling is to keep yourself When he talks to you about the weapons of your warfare, he says, they're not carnal. You ain't over here boxing with Satan. If you are, quit. How do you box with somebody when you ain't in the same space as them? You know how, did you know snakes are food for eagles? Eagles can eat snakes, even poisonous ones. You want to know how? I'll explain it to you very quickly. 
They plant their nests in high places. Because remember that movie, Snakes in a Plane? Y'all do know that at a certain altitude, snakes implode. They really can't go high altitudes. So if you happen to be on a plane with a snake, just go up. You missed it. So the reason why snakes plant their nests high is because there's a point where snakes can't go any further. Because they go any further in altitude, they implode. Because they ain't allowed to go. So when a snake is, is being attacked by an eagle, what the eagle will do is swoop down and grab it. Because as a snake on the ground, it is agile, it's maneuverable, it can get where it's trying to go. But if you grab that snake and you take it to an altitude that it can't stand, it cannot fight anymore. Why? Because I was not designed to fight here. I fight in heavenly places. I fight for my position. I have been blessed with all spiritual blessing. Not will be. Not one day in the by and by. Ephesians 1.3. Let's put it back so you can see it with your own eyes. It says, Who, who, listen to me. It says, Blessed be God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who, who, So then tell me something. What you waiting on? The reason why you're still waiting is because you haven't changed altitudes. You still put... He said, those that'll dwell with me, he said, and put themselves in the secret place. One translation of Revelation, put Revelation 12, 11 back up. They overcame by the blood of the Lamb, the word of testimony, for they love not their lives unto death. Verse 12. Therefore, rejoice ye heavens, and ye, one translation says, ye that tabernacle in them. Woe unto the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea. I ain't an inhabitor of the earth and the sea. I'm not. I might be in this world, but I ain't of this world. And just because he has great wrath towards me, You ain't going to get me to take off my tabernacle and get down here and try to box and duke it out with you. What I'm going to do is stay in the place of the Most High. And when you come at me, I'm, I'm into it. I, when, when you hit at me, I'm covered. Go back to Psalms 91 real quick. I'm going to show you one more thing. And, and, and I, I think I'm... I'm, I'm close to being done. Because I don't know. Whoever P876 is, go get your child and hurry up. Come back. Because you don't want to miss it. He that dwelleth in a secret place 
of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Keep going. Dang, T230 as well? They got a mutiny back there? I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge, my fortress, in Him. Okay, keep going. Surely shall deliver thee from the and from the you ready? Verse 4. He shall cover thee and under his wings 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 thou shalt his testimony shall be your shield. Glory to God. He said under his wings. Under his wings. Can I tell you why people don't have the victory? They ain't under his. They're not. They're, they don't understand what. They're not under his wings. His wings is different than yours. His ability is different than yours. See, Satan thought he was on the same. I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. God was like, you ain't going to do a thing. And here come all these disciples. Oh my gosh. The devils and demons are subject to us through your name. And Jesus said, I know. You think I sent you and didn't equip you? You think you gave up all you gave up to follow Christ? You think you walked away from the things of the world? You think you made these sacrifices to follow him? You thought I left you out there with no power? You thought that in the midst of your situation that I wasn't there? You haven't invoked my name. Because when you invoke my name, I am there. And you got people, I'm a prayer warrior. I'm, I'm warring in prayer. Stop it. That's not it. We are not a militant church. We have the victory. Is prayer necessary? Of course it is. The engine don't run without gas. But if you think, because see, here's what Satan does. He then starts to get you to think you are unworthy. Just like Austin was talking about. Unworthy matter doesn't mean you're unworthy. It means the way you handle it. I could be the worst of the worst. But if I'm willing. If I'm willing to get under them wings. He said, I'm no respecter of persons. If you'll seek after. If I did it for them. I will do it. You ain't at war with him. He's at war with you. And then people say, well, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling, you know, with sickness in my, disease, in my body and disease. And uh, Well, okay, there's a lot of people. There's seasons and times we're all going to have to do that.
But I'll tell you one thing. If you give up, you'll never win. He didn't tell you. He told you to stand. And I'm amazed how many people, when things start happening, they start shrinking back from church, shrinking back from the things of God. He told you to stand. He didn't tell you to go back. He didn't tell you to quit giving. He didn't tell you to tighten up the reins. He said, at minimum, stand where you are and know that the battle is already won. And to know, stop giving territory. And then mad the territory got took. He said, stand. He said, but there's those that'll rest under the wings. See, some, some of you, you need, you, you need to understand the wings. This is just a natural representation. You don't need one of these. You tabernacle with God all the time. He lives in a house that is not made with. All I'm trying to show you is the imagery. So that the imagery in the natural would give you revelation of where you are. Because when he said the veil ripped, he said the veil tore, not from the bottom to the top, because man could tear that. He said it started from the top to the bottom. God is the one who tore the veil for you. He is the one that now allows you to come into and dwell in the holy place of the Most High. See, the holy place was a safe place. The holy place was the place where the priest went in. And if you wasn't right, you wasn't coming out. But if you was right with God, you could stay with safety in the arms and in the shelter of your God, knowing that I'm tabernacling with him, knowing that, yes, there's a war that rages on in the world. You have one job. Your job is to teach other people that they don't have to be subject because they think the war they're in is fun. Satan's got them convinced that it's fun. Oh, you just want me to have fun. No, I'm trying to get you out of this war. I'm trying to get you into a safe place, a place where the attacks... If I'm a triumphant church, if I already got the win and the victory, why would I have to act like I don't? And you know, it's funny because when people see you prosper, they struggle. Especially those who are influenced by Satan. They really struggle. They get mad. How dare you prosper? What's it to you? You didn't buy it? Why would you be so angry? Because I'm not in the battle with you. How dare it come to you that way? You got to die for this. You got to be working so hard to your fingers to the nub and you can't see your family. How dare you think that God Almighty is going to take care of you, that he has blessed you, that he's empowered you. How dare you have the audacity to think that the God of all things, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the same God who said, I keep my covenant to a thousand generations. How dare you? you got to die for it like I do. 
you got to struggle like I do. No, I don't. Ye inhabitant of the earth. I have been seated. And, and a lot of people think that when it says seated, that there's some kind of, you know, God's throne and then Jesus and then you got a little baby seat. That's what people think. They really do. They think you got some little baby seat. When he said seated in Christ, that means when Christ sat down, you sat down right with him. You are not in a separate seat, some little junior position. You are seated. And if you're seated in him, when they said, the devils. Do me a favor. Get ready to fight. You see what he did? No, no. I want, I want you to see what he did. I set him up. He doesn't know. I set him up. Al, get ready to fight. (laughs) That's, he took the posture in the natural. He didn't know what I was doing. So the benefit is Al knew once I once he stood up, Al had the benefit of knowing how to respond. He didn't. So we ain't mad at him. We love him. He effectively helped me demonstrate my point. Because so many of you, when you get ready to fight, you want to stand up, square off your shoulders, and And what you need to learn how to do. Because do you remember when 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 Paul was standing there watching uh, who was it was being crucified or uh, stoned? Stephen, Stephen. And do you remember when Stephen looked over and he had a vision? And when he had a vision, he he's dying. He's dying. And he had a vision. And Jesus was sitting at the right hand of God. And as he was dying, Jesus stood up in honor of him. Jesus don't stand up to fight. He stands up in praise. He stands up in honor. He, you don't get a king. If you walk into a king's domain, the king is not going to stand up to greet you. You stand up. And if you enter without him bringing you in, that's why Esther was so scared. Because she knew if she walked into the presence of a king, unannounced, uninvited, and unwelcomed, It meant sure death. For the king of kings and the Lord of lords to stand 
from his seated. This is why you have what's called a sitting president. This is why, have you ever noticed that when a president signs a bill, they are at their desk, in their, and they are seated. You ever notice that a judge, he's called sitting on the bench. He's, he has to give his verdict. Why do you think in the county, there's things called the county seat? What is the county seat? It's the area, the seat, where things are being governed from. Oh. I don't know how y'all can stand there and look at me in that tone of voice. It is absolutely necessary for me to orchestrate my authority, for me to decree a thing that I've got to learn. My response is not to stand up and fight. When he said stand, he meant hold. Stand against. Anti-histemi. That's the word. You know what word we get? From antihistamine? Antihistamine. You know what an antihistamine does? Where's my medical folks at? What does an antihistamine do? It causes you to be able to. It blocks. Yes? It blocks. So you can. He never called you to go out there. Quit acting like and learn how to let's stand up. I'm, I'm out of time. I'm out of time. All right, I lied. Just stand just stand for a second. I want you to read this one. Colossians three one. Let's get on the page, too, so I can feel like I did something. Like I did my work today. <clears throat> Colossians 3.1. If be seek which are where what are you supposed to be seeking after? Where? See, where, where, where the things that are above with the right hand of God, where? Seated. Where's he at? Seated. He, he's not up there. He's not up there fighting like y'all think. Y'all think he up there just swinging at the devil? He's not. He's seated. You ain't no match for this kingdom. You already lost. So here they came back. They're excited can't believe devils are subject unto us. He's like, I saw him fall. I watched it. So here's my question. When he fell, is that in the future or is that past tense? 
Because Jesus said he saw it 2,000 years ago. Then why is it taking for you till today for you to see it? Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We're so grateful to be in your house. We thank you for all that you're doing in our midst. We thank you for the word. We thank you for the revelation. We know, Lord, that we're learning. And we know that we're growing. We've all been in a position where Satan has irked us enough that he got us to jump out of our seat. We've all done it. Every last one of us. But Lord, we're learning. We're getting mindful. So even if we jumped up, we're going to sit our natural butts right back down. We're going to take several seats. And know exactly who we are and whose we are. And when we stand in our authority, in the seat of our authority, we won't be fighting against Satan. But we will be wrestling against the ideas and the thoughts that he tries to bring. But we know we have the victory. So Lord, we thank you for it. We bless your name. We thank you for the authority that you've given us that we can operate in your name. And we know there is great power. The word says every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that name, the name of Jesus. We thank you for it. We give you all the praise, all the honor. Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Love you guys. I'll turn it over for whoever's receiving offering. I'm not sure who that is.